Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome to our watch club for Marvel's Loki. What can I say? I'm a mischievous scamp. Hello, variants, and welcome to Watch Club. My name is Nate, and in this week's premiere episode, we see Loki escape his timeline, get captured by the Time Variance Authority, and discover a new world that changes his perception of everything that's ever mattered to him. But first, if you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but it's actually, like, way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and the MCU in general, so if you haven't watched this week's episode yet, be sure to do so and then come right back in a snap. Now, before we all get pruned for not having our tickets, let me introduce you to our all-knowing group of timekeepers. First up, he'll judge your tardiness if you don't join in a jiffy. He's just in time, Justin. (laughs) Not too bad, right? I mean, you were literally just judging... My tardiness for getting to this recording. Right. So. And my parents said that they named me Justin because I was born on New Year's Eve and I was just in time. Oh, so it's all very fitting. That's so cute. That's cute. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and he's clocked and loaded and ready to cause a nasty Nexus event in a nanosecond. He's the king of space himself, Kevin Hudson. All hail. Bow down to your king. King of space. I like that. That's em- that's like huge. What, is that because I take up so much of it? That's not what I meant. That's the, you're taking it there. I didn't, I didn't take it there. Oh, my gosh. But, guys, coming off of our preview episode, I am I am so excited just to really, really yeah. dig deep into this series. How about you guys? Yeah, we can uh, finally talk about all the spoilers because that, yes. that was a hard preview episode not to, was so to kind tough. of think of. Oh, especially with a show like this where there's just yeah. so many little details to unpack and unravel, uh, that embargo made that tough for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was so difficult. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so absolutely, uh, as, you know, as, as you might know, uh, because we may have posted it and are just literally bragging to every single possible person we can because we're so excited. Uh, that we're finally uh, getting to get some sort of pre-release content. Um, this will be filled with spoilers. However, um, we will not be touching anything from episode two, which which we've already seen as well. So just keep that in mind. Um, but before we get into the plot and review our thoughts on what happened in this week's episode, uh, let's start with a brief kind of overview. I'd love your high-level thoughts specifically on this episode. Justin, how about yourself? Yeah, I think that this was like this was probably the perfect first episode as it just really set everything up. It had yeah. everything in it. It literally picks up where we last saw Loki in in Endgame and then we would just kick off the rest of the show. So it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing the way they've set it up. Um I also love that like the episode itself serves as a bit of a history lesson for the character. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. so like seemingly if someone hasn't necessarily watched all of the movies and they just somehow stumbled into this Loki show and someone was like, yeah, you should watch this, you know, there's a lot, there's, there's enough there. I think that you can kind of pull from, but again, Mm -hmm. the, the, the strong connectivity that MCU fans have to Loki and, and his, and his legacy if you will through through all the movies um it's that that goes a long way for the appreciation of of this uh that being said it was it was outstanding um 
the the characters that they introduced the dynamics you know we're going to get into all of it it was it was superb it was it was exactly what i wanted and i am looking forward to where we're going in these six episodes absolutely kevin yourself uh i i mean i just uh, I, I, we we mentioned it in our uh our preview show just how i had such high expectations for this and i can't believe that it not only met those but but probably exceeded them in almost every single way uh and i know we'll break down specifics in terms of characters and acting and music and and things like that two things i thought were done so so well in this episode were a the callbacks there's mm. such a rich history to the to the mcu and so to get to go back in time a little bit and see some of the more significant moments uh, at least in terms of how they relate to Loki was such a fun trip. Um, and then I think there was so much that they needed to sort of explain in this episode. And I think the ways that they did it were fun and engaging. And and there were sl- two or three different ways that they chose to sort of give us an explanation of where we are, when we are and everything like that, that was just done so well. It wasn't just exposition dialogue. It was, it was a, a, a spectacle. It was, it, was, it was very fluid. It was direct with, with the ex- explanations to, to the things that we, we learn. So clear, so concise. I could follow along. Um, it didn't veer too far into the philosophical, but it, it, it just it made sense. And they did it in such a clean manner that, that the audience was able to say, oh, OK, this is this is what's going on right now. Well, and it's, and it's really our first look at what I think a theme of of phase four is going to be, and that's going to be timelines and multiverses. Yes. And I've been so nervous about how it's such a complex idea that translating it from the page to a, a visual medium like this was going to be very difficult for Marvel. But like you said, Justin, they just, they made it so clear and so concise that while we're going to be learning more and more different things about this, as we go through this show and then future movies, the groundwork has now been laid. We've got an established timeline, if you will, that we will then deviate from as we go along. And that was done so well. So well. Yeah. And I I, like to your points, I I can't I just don't know how Marvel keeps doing this. Um, And I I wholeheartedly love this episode. Um, Yeah, because it it does. It reintroduces Loki in our preview. You know, I think uh, one of you guys called out that it it allows for them to almost reinvent Loki in a way. Uh, And and and, you know, I think getting the character sort of caught up to a similar mental state of Loki that the Loki that we know, I think they did it in such a great way that didn't, it didn't feel cheap and it didn't feel rushed even, even though it took place in like a couple scenes. Um, I just, and I think that has so much to do with Tom Hiddleston's performance uh, and just the way that he, he just so does such a good job of that. But uh, let's not waste another minute as Miss Minutes would say, uh, let's get right into the plot. So, the episode starts with a flashback showing the events from the original Avengers movie and from Endgame, where we see Loki use the Tesseract to escape. Then, after an incredible look at the Marvel fanfare logo in green, uh, we see him crash land in the Gobi Desert in Mongolia, where he's discovered by not only some locals, but also the TVA, who capture him uh, you know, with the, the, their leader, Hunter B-15, uh, and he's brought through a portal uh, to the processing section of the TVA where he's stripped of his fine Asgardian leather. Uh, he has to sign his life script uh, and he's, he basically has to confirm that he has a soul 
and and then he's given a copy of his temporal aura. What's that? Uh, your temporal aura. What's that? Uh, in the next room, he takes a ticket and watches a brief and fun instructional cartoon on the history of the timekeepers, variants, and nexus events. After that, he sees the only other variant in the room get pruned, uh, which basically means they, they hit him with that stick and he disappears. Uh, and then he desperately searches for his ticket uh, very comedically and, and holds it up in the air in fear of also getting pruned. Then we cut to our new title sequence. So guys, what did you think of this opener, uh, this, sort of this opening scene for the series? And what did you think of our introduction to the TVA and Miss Minutes? Kevin, let's start with yourself. Um, yeah, again, uh, it was it was so fun to to get that quick refresher of where the character of Loki was when we last saw him um, and then sort of get plunged so quickly into this world. You know, within three minutes, he's already exploring the TVA. And uh, it's funny, over the weekend, I was just flipped, you know, doing a channel surf, just watching something lazily on a Saturday and Beetlejuice came on. So I, and I hadn't watched it for years. So I watched Beetlejuice and I and and then it's amazing to have watched this and there's such a Beetlejuice uh, processing, you know, when when they go to the the <laughs> yeah. afterlife. There, it was. I, yeah. I got so many Beetlejuice vibes from the TVA that uh, that I just I got I got a real kick out of that. Yeah. yeah. While, while we're talking about the processing, I, I thought that was really interesting. I thought that was probably just a great way to kind of summarize the importance of the TVA. You know, they asked him to sign his his life script, as you said, which I think mm-hmm. is essentially holding him accountable for his words. Uh, they asked him if he had a soul. Uh, versus a robot and I think if he's if he's a robot or if he's not and I think it's you know a, a, a soul is is deeply affected by time uh, is deeply is shaped by time mm. and, and is molded mm. by that um, and I think that that's that's one of those reasons as to as to why that was asked and and you know obviously we get to that 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 explainer video um, which just does such a great job of painting a picture of, of what's going on. It felt very, very familiar to something like uh, WandaVision. The way it's explained, I was just like, okay, I understand now what's going on and, and how the TVA fits into it all. Um, and it was really cute, that little that little that little explainer video. The animation? Yeah, the I animation, the it. clock it, it, was it awesome. It reminded me, so like, okay, um, I, I'm a. I gotta say, I'm a big fan of Miss Minutes. Like her voice and everything about her is is just so endearing and mm. and but also dark at the same time. It gives me a lot of sort of the same humor you would get out of something like Portal if you've ever played that game. Yes. Um. And and the the cartoon they showed of the t- at least the part with the timekeepers that was like. I was like, are we watching a cartoon of like a classic 80s Marvel cartoon right now? Because that was like identical to that. Um, and, and it also felt like the way that they sort of did the whole thing kind of felt like it was at like an airport almost. But yeah. it also it also felt like they could easily recreate this experience at um, the Avengers campus in Disneyland. Like if they wanted to make like this as part of the line that you wait in with Miss Minutes, um, it just felt so... Maybe, maybe not the so strip cool. you down to your birthday suit part. Sure, but, maybe not that part. <laughs> maybe not, not that part. Friendly, but... Right, but like, I just think it, you know, maybe you go through, you get your temporal aura printed out for you. Um, I just loved it. I, 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 I adored the, literally the first 11 minutes of this show. The, the, the one interaction he has when he's, you know, asked if he's, uh, you know, secretly a robot 
And he says, yeah. what, would I, would, would people not know that they're a robot? And then he <laughs> hesitates to go through. Because he doesn't Right? Know. Like, what if, I, what if I don't know and I am a robot? That, got, that was the biggest laugh from me from that episode. That moment there was, was a lot of fun. Yeah, speaking of laughs, I also just have to quickly jump back to the moment when he's in Mongolia. Yeah. And he starts to, like, walk towards Hunter B-15. And, and she smacks him in the face. Yeah. And we get to see him at 116th speed. Like, I could not stop, like, howling. <laughs> laughing and this is like in the first few seconds of the episode it's just it's it, you know you see tom hiddleston he's so good at acting which we'll get to later through this episode in, in some of those moments but then you also get to see him be goofy mm-hmm. at the same time and the face that he makes is just incredible i ah oh, so funny the the way time is used in this episode is from like a weapon standpoint is really interesting yeah. um I loved when they introduced where he landed. It rolls on the screen very similar to like uh, like a train terminal or old school airplane terminal where like the the letters are lining up. Um, it just like oh yeah, like very very similar. So again, it it already insinuates you know time traveling right off the bat. And then the intro sequence, that black and white gritty sort of case file sort of vibe, and you see each letter sort of changing, and and it is reflected as almost like a different time with each letter it, it was so intelligent right off the bat they're giving you so much to tell you what this show is 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 really going to encompass and especially you know including an explainer like the tva video so you know again this is an example of what i was saying before where it's just such a clean way to introduce all of these very high level concepts without without yeah. necessarily mystery boxing it like wandavision did like they've, they've put all their their cards like right on the table right to show in, in this first episode for sure. Uh, one thing that did stand out to me was uh, something that Loki says. And, you know, he says, this has been a very long day. And it, it's crazy to think <laughs> that he literally did have the invasion of New York, and, you know, gets arrested, True. escapes. And now he's into this whole new adventure in the same day. Like, he must be exhausted. Oh, wow. Like, get that man some sleep. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, listen, uh, let's keep let's keep going through this plot because I, I want to keep talking about this. Uh, we then cut to see Mobius and some other TVA hunters standing in a church uh, in, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Aijan Provence, France, 1549. Um, they investigate the, apparently the sixth attack on their Minutemen in the last week that they know of. Uh, and then they discover a child and Mobius sort of delicately approaches him and, and starts questioning him and asks him, you know, who did this? Uh, and the kid just quietly and, and very creepily sort of points towards a, a stained glass window uh. depicting an image of the devil. The kid smiles. Mobius uh, then recognizes the kid has some blue in his teeth. Uh, and as a result uh, of some, you know, gum that was given to him by most likely by the attacker uh, that they're investigating, he, he hands that gum over to for them to kind of uh, identify and look at later. But, you know, with with the time uh, branch nearing the red line that they have to um, kind of pay attention to throughout the episode, they have to leave and get back to their original timeline. So they have to disappear. So, OK, so you guys threw me off my game really quickly. You know, don't get mad at me for saying this. <laughs> But we, you know, the last time we saw this much imagery of the devil, right, I'll say it, Mephisto, we thought was going to be in the MCU. So I need to ask, after this scene, is Mephisto going to be in this series? It's it's hard to say, really, right? Like, there's there, I won't, I won't disagree with you, Nate, that like a lot of WandaVision playfully hinted at Mephisto. But I'm yeah. wondering now, like, and not getting into like, 
pitching an idea for what where they're going to go. But I wonder if if that was all that WandaVision was to do was just to playfully point and hint with its narrative and its story and its sort of illusion. And maybe now with as we go further down this rabbit hole of phase four, we'll start to see it actually make its appearance. So maybe it was never intended yeah. for, for WandaVision and maybe it is intended to kind of leapfrog through this and maybe Dr. Strange, who knows? But again, I wrote it down in my notes in big, bold letters, <laughs> Mephisto, when I saw that stained yeah. glass. Cause I was like, Nate's going to fly off the handle. <laughs> Jeez. That being said, I think though that, the iconography of the devil, you know, showing up is obviously intentional. Like you can't not do that and not know that, that you're hinting at something else. So right? who knows? But I think I think you're right. I th- I've Listen, my hope has been shattered after WandaVision. <laughs> I think I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it's just to throw us off. I think it's to throw us off and uh, to kind of get us chasing after the, the wrong uh, tail or whatever. But um, anyways, I just wanted to throw that out there because I'm, I'm just I, w- I still want that train to chug. But uh, listen, we then get to see very. Variant L1130, uh, a.k.a. Loki Laufison, on trial in front of, the, of a TVA judge where she asks him how he pleads, to which he arrogantly disagrees with everything that's going on. Uh, <laughs> he first attempts to blame the Avengers while explaining why he thinks all of this is ridiculous. Then, after failing to use his powers uh, as they're disabled in the TVA, he's sentenced to be reset. Mobius requests to keep him from being reset by bringing on Loki as a somewhat sort of assistant or informant. Uh, and while walking with Mobius, Loki looks out of a window and sees the vast, massive cityscapes of the TVA, saying that he thought there was no magic here, to which Mobius rep- responds by saying, there isn't. Um, there's just a lot of paperwork. During a brief elevator ride, Mobius introduces himself and explains that time works differently in the TVA and that Loki will catch up. So, guys, what did you think of the trial um, and a somewhat seemingly close relationship between the the judge uh, and Mobius? And also, I mean, we got to talk about that incredible look at the entirety of the TVA realm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Either one of you, if you want to take it. Well, I you know, the, the courtroom scene. It really hints at this whole TVA feeling like there's a belief system that's that's very apparent and you see it, especially in the architecture, like it looked like a church more so than a courtroom. Uh, you know, they had the, the the faces that are staring down his eyes on the judgment that is being handed down on Loki. It's it kind of sat in the middle of being a courtroom and a, and a bit of a church at the same time, for, for me, at least. Um, yeah. And I even got I even with the with the paintings on the wall, it was kind of there was a little bit of sort of a Soviet esque artistry to you know soviet sort of war profiteering or not profiteering but war uh propaganda sort of look to it um just the way it was painted it it, and again it just kind of shows how like it sort of seems like this the tva is sort of pulling from all different cultures and not just to influence their own absolutely that's that's exactly what i was going to get at it's as i think that there's there's going to be a lot of like blending of of what we know in our own world and timeline that we're going to see emulated through it because we were talking about it in the preview show like already the look the, the 70s vibe the, the the technology and everything it just it already feels timeless it's very very interesting how they've been able to bring everything together to create this this world what i thought was interesting though also in the in the trial just wanted to bring this up is that i guess loki was aware that there were two Tony Starks because he says like I would I could always recognize the cologne of two Tony Starks like <laughs> yes, so for he sure. so he's because he called out the fact that the Avengers should be on trial because they obviously went back to stop him yeah he's a smart guy yeah and I thought it was really interesting her response was you know 
well, what happened with the Avengers was supposed to happen. And I'm wondering if subtly this is the justification for the Eternals. What was supposed to happen was supposed to happen, which is why the Eternals will probably explain that more in-depthly, I think. But I think it's just, oh, it, it's kind of interesting, interesting how it might necessarily connect to that, given that this would have come out after the Eternals, if the if everything had been non-COVID bumped. Oh, really? Right? So oh, wow. we would have gotten Eternals and then we would have gotten Loki. So who knows if there's a similar sort of element that's going to come to play in that. So that just, that raised my, my hmm, that, that, that's easy justification Right. If they say that in the Eternals, then I would be fine with it. Um, But it was really interesting, the whole sort of display, how he was on thing. And he's he's still trying to be mischievous and score. And obnoxious. Obnoxious. Yeah, absolutely. His dumb his dumb one liners. Like it just shows how many dumb one liners he's he's always had. But like, you know, he's just like he's like, I'm guilty. Of this, <laughs> nothing happens. Like, but he, this is incredible. It's like he again, ta- like I think I said in the previous episode, it's like he time traveled himself back to where the character he was in 2012. Yeah. And he is representing so that, arrogant. that yeah. cocky, arrogant. You know, I I need to be this kind of person, which we'll get to in in, in another scene. But very cool, Kevin. What did you think of of Mobius and uh, Gugu and Bathara's character in terms of like their relationship? It seemed it seemed like something was going on there. Yeah, like it, it, there was there was very you know underlying tones of a, of a, a, a potential romance there for yeah. sure. Like they yeah. certainly I mean, have a history together, and it's you know we we don't know how long that they would have been working together for the agency if it's forever, if it's you know. But obviously, yeah. again, time works differently there. But uh, they they clearly have a deep, deep relationship. Yeah. And I'm almost wondering if they used to be equals, right? And then something happened and she got a promotion or what have you, there right? We go. There you um, go. That's but probably like, it, actually. That's probably it. <laughs> the TVA, um, seeing the TVA out that window, you know, it gave me a lot of vibes of uh, Sakaar from, yeah. from Thor Ragnarok, right? <laughs> like, but, but everything was copper. Everything was covered in copper. Um, and, and I just, I think it looks so cool when, uh, when Mobius, you know, kind of is, is ushering him towards the window and, and they just sort of have that amazing sort of uh, camera pan out into, I felt like I was like flying out into that scene. It was awesome. Yeah, they did. They, like they, they really did a great job of making us feel the amazement that Loki had as he was looking out that window, right? right? Like yeah. the sense of wonderment and even just, you know, the music swelled perfectly in his line, about you know, uh, the, the line about, I thought there was no magic here. You know, that was just yeah. a yeah. really powerful moment uh, yeah. that they represented really well. Yeah, that, I think the aesthetic is is again sci-fi retro. I'm just gonna dub that as as the sort of thing. It's it had the nuances of of feeling, you know, futuristic, but also feeling very dated. And it just it was this kind of harmonious balance. And and it kind of reminded me of Ready Player One. I, I don't know if you guys mm. saw that movie. That that sort of interpretation of the city, very you know, buildings on top of buildings, and and sort of mentality. And yeah, uh, a little bit of that Coruscant with flying cars kind of thing. But uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely very very Star much, Wars and everything. Yeah, yeah very yeah. Uh, Sakar. Um, and and I just need to really quickly say, really quick. Uh, Mobius does mention there's a whole department for nightmares. Yeah. So does that mean nightmare is going to be in the All right. MCU? The next, Are we going to start a new you're chasing, eh, there, bud? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I know it's it sounds crazy, but Marvel loves to drop these seemingly sort of insignificant uh, lines as sort of like precursors. Anyways. 
Um, all right. So then Loki is brought to a theater where Mobius shows him a collection of Loki's greatest hits, as he puts it. Uh, they review moments of him terrorizing and murdering people uh, as Mobius asks him if he enjoys hurting people. Then we watch Loki as he threatens an entire airline full of passengers with a bomb as it's revealed he was who us on Midgard refer to as D.B. Cooper, uh, the famous unidentified man who hijacked a Boeing 727 aircraft in the United States back in, the, in 1971. Then, after attempting to stand up, Mobius uses his time twister to snap Loki back into his chair. While seeking a deeper understanding of what makes Loki tick, Mobius continues to show Loki his failures and the eventual death of his mother. Uh, because of a mistake that he will eventually make. Then they're interrupted by Hunter B-15, and she tries to inform Mobius that talking to Loki is a mistake, uh, that, he should that he should be reset, and that they just lost another unit at the hands of the variant they're hunting. Uh, Mobius returns to the room to let Loki know they'll continue their session tomorrow, and he's disappeared and, uh, and you know escaped yet again. So what did you guys think of this look into Loki's past and future. I, I mean, it, it, I found it interesting because I didn't remember him sort of causing his mother's death. Yeah. Uh, yeah and in my rewatch of the MCU, Thor Dark World is next for me. So I'm oh. definitely going to be watching that uh, with, a, with a new lens for sure, uh, trying to catch that, you know, how that all goes down. Right. For sure. Awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I didn't catch that in... Thor Dark World um, you know again as I was saying at the top the, the sort of history lesson of, of Loki it's great to, to understand uh, even as, as someone who's already watched the, the whole MCU unfold with him in it where he's come from and how far he's come from you know from the time of the attack in 2012 so it's a reminder that really that Loki we know and the Loki that we're currently watching are, are two different people now uh, are two yeah. different characters, and and uh, that's where again in the preview I was suggesting that they're they're reinventing Loki uh, from this point because now he's not going to live through the the events that we saw him live through in the MCU. He's going to watch them and, and be shaped by them, right? So, sure, sure, and I and I think this the cool thing is it, it, it this kind of continues the theme of our our main characters and their awareness of their own mental well being, like just like we got with like Wanda and then Bucky. Right, we kind of get a, yet another therapy session uh, for this this sort of time that's hosted by by Mobius as kind of his therapist. That's, that's a that's and, a that's a really good that's a good way to look at you know? it too. It's it's a very therapeutic moment for yeah. for him. But it's funny though because what he's trying to do, I, I thought it was kind of counterintuitive, right? Because we know that what he's trying to pull from from Loki, he will inevitably learn because of the events of the MCU. But right. he's not at that point yet. So he's not at that point. And, you know, as the scenes unfold, we see what gets him to that point. But, it, it, you know, it, it has to be very specific. For sure. And But, you know, the quick back and forth, uh, you know, as Loki sort of, you, you see him sort of break further and further into starting to believe he's, you know he's he's actually in this reality that he's in. So I thought, just thought it was so well done. And and then you know seeing him escape, like the fact that that Mobius straight up talks about how wonderful he is at escaping, 
and then <laughs> and then he does, and then he just still manages to to slip by him. Uh, I just thought that was really funny. And then when when he says mischievous scamp, like I was just like, that's <laughs> Owen Wilson, Owen Wilson. <laughs> T. Yeah, like I'm like absolutely. he might as well have just said wow. Like he was like <laughs> perfect, and I I loved it. Yeah. I loved it so much. Awesome. Um, so okay, uh, after escaping the theater, Loki. Uh, time twists his way. Uh, it sounds like a new dance, right, from the 70s. Do the time twist. Um, <laughs> Loki time twists his way to an office where he encounters Casey, the desk attendant, uh, that was handed the Tesseract earlier in the episode. He threatens to gut Casey like a fish. And asking, <laughs> after asking what a fish was, Casey complies and opens his desk drawer to hand the Tesseract over to Loki. Then Loki notices in that same drawer a handful of of infinity stones as Casey quips that some of the other employees use them as paperweights. Uh, Loki, taken aback by this, of course, uh, stands up and slowly walks into the middle of the room where he asks Casey, is this the greatest power in the universe? Then, suddenly, Hunter B-15 barges through the elevator doors and attempts to prune Loki, but misses as he time twists back into the theater. Uh, okay, so before we continue, I, I need to know, what did you think of Loki seeing the Infinity Stones just sitting in a desk and, and used as paperweights? And my, my question is, how can the most powerful items in the known universe be so trivial in the TVA? Justin. Well, I think that's exactly it. I think for, for us as, as audience members, this is a signifier for us to say that this is a whole different place where the, the stones that took away half of life and brought them back uh, doesn't, yeah. doesn't matter. Magic doesn't matter. And you, you can even see in the way it's represented, like they don't glow fully. They're like a dark glow. Right. Like they're just yeah. so there's a, sort of deactivated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's deactivated. It, it, it can't work. So right off the bat for an an MCU fan to watch this and see that the most significant thing in the last 23 movies is no longer significant here. That's a big message. That's a, that's a big sign to say that, you know, these things don't actually matter in this TVA. It's so it's huge. Oh. It's, it's really big. And I didn't quite clue in right off the bat. I was like, <laughs> why is he so taken back by that? And then when he said, you know, is this the greatest power? That was the signifier for me. I'm like, oh, right. Because in his timeline, the, the Infinity Stones are the greatest power. So, you know, it turned in my mind as soon as I realized like, yeah, okay, we're, we're in a whole new playground now. I couldn't breathe when it happened. I was I literally gasped. Like I almost, anyways, Kevin, you got to tell me how did yeah, you Yeah, no, react? I was, that, that I found to be the most puzzling part of this episode, I think. Uh, Justin, I think you did a really good job there sort of breaking down what that moment means. And I sort of understand it a bit better now because it was very startling and confusing um, at the time. But uh, quick shout out to uh, the actor that plays uh, Casey. Um, yeah, e Eugene Cordero. Um, I've, I always have fun when he's, he's always playing very, very small roles, but he, he yeah. has a great presence and uh, he was terrific in this scene. I really hope we see his character again. Please. I think we will. Please. When Hunter B-15, you know, swipes at Loki, you almost pruned me, right? <laughs> yeah. And then she's, she's running away and he's like, I don't forgive you or something. <laughs> yeah. just, he's so, he's so genuine as a, as a sort of a, a dumb side character. And yeah, this, I just, the, the sort yeah. of oddball, I would say he's more oddball yeah. than he is dumb but like he i think sure. he's, he's more oddball uh than than anything I love else him, yeah he's great and then i like i have to say though like the the loki 
seeing the Infinity Stones, this was my favorite moment in the episode, actually. Um, like, seeing his mind, like, you could, you could practically see his mind cracking as, as everything he's ever known is, is brought into question, right? And I just think it's another incredible moment in terms of performance with, with Tom Hiddleston. And, and the music, again, shout out to, we, we shouted out uh, the music in our preview episode, but the music here gave me vibes of, of Westworld. Right where it's got the piano, the soft piano coming in. And, you know, I know there's a ton of sort of existential, mind-blowing character moments in that show. So I really enjoyed it. And, and Justin, uh, to your point with, with uh, you know, seeing the stones there. Yeah, it's been 23 movies and now they're paperweights. Like, yeah, that's yeah, just, exactly. It, I was, my, my mind was melted and I, this was It was to make them feel insignificant after 23 movies of making them feel like the only thing. So going back to what I was saying in the previous scene of how the events of what are about to happen are going to shape him differently. This is the beginning of that. To realize yes. that the thing that he wanted and what the importance it was in the galaxy, the timeline that he's from, to know that they're insignificant, that is such a defeat. And you, to your point, Nate, you see that. You see that happen to him right in that moment. In his face. Yeah. Oh. So well done. So well And the done. music, so good. the way the music kind of transitions to this sort of like very epiphany moment like you described it like it, it just it, yeah. it, it accentuated that epiphany moment for loki to just kind of realize like what is this place right yeah. like what is yeah, this place that the universe is actually bigger than him <laughs> yeah <laughs> or the infinity stones like that's my thing sure like yeah it, yeah. it, it wasn't yeah. about him understanding himself it was about the fact that he understood those objects as being definitive in a galaxy that he is from and you know they're nothing there so it's it was yeah. very telling and a very interesting thing for them to do again for Marvel to to have such weight on it for 23 movies you know maybe not even 23 from Avengers all the way through to Endgame and they're just they're insignificant now. So I think that was smart actually. Very cool. All right, so then let's get let's get back into it. Uh back in the theater, Loki stops and he takes a breath before reviewing even more of his future where he sees his mother's lifeless body followed by the death of his father his reconciliation with his brother and his own death at who we know uh, as Thanos, the hands of Thanos. Um, So once again, he's then interrupted by Hunter B-15. And after a brief, somewhat humorous or comical (laughs) confrontation, um, you know, he manages to slap that collar on her and time twists her right out of the room. Then while Loki is contemplating his purpose, Mobius walks in and provides him with a new opportunity. He informs Loki that a fugitive variant has been killing the TVA's Minutemen. And when Loki asks why they need his help, Mobius informs him that the variant they're hunting is Loki. Mm. Then we cut to see another group of Minutemen portal through to Selena, Oklahoma in 1858 to investigate yet another Nexus event caused by the fugitive. Once they arrive, they determine the investigation isn't worth their time, but just before they can leave, they see a figure in the distance who drops a lantern which lights up the field and burns them all alive. The camera closes in on a closed figure, and the episode ends. Whew. Okay, so uh, again, we, you know, I think the, the main thing that I kind of want to focus on out of all of that, because it was a bit long... Um, we got to see Loki experience and catch up to what we know of his timeline. Um, but what did you guys think of seeing him, you know, sort of seeing the most important moments of his life centered around his family? Uh, Kevin, we'll start with you. Just, it's just such another 
it's just another example of how smart they've they did things in this episode. And yeah. so I just thought it was such a great way for him to get caught up to where we are. Exactly. So while he's the Loki from 2012, he's almost been brought back down to the kind of sensibilities that he had leading up to his death, right? I think that yes. was probably an incredibly humbling moment to watch his own death, right? I think that really must have yeah. humbled him. And the, this is where Tom's acting was the best in the episode, in my opinion. Like you just, you felt his pain and his fears uh, so, so well. I uh, just, it was such a powerful scene. The, the look he has, the moment Thanos comes on the screen and the look of sheer dread in his eyes as to what he's witnessing. It's, it's, it just, it's so freaking good. Like I, I can still see it in my, in my head. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think Kevin's right. The, for Loki, 2012 Loki to get caught up to where we see him die in infinity war for him to watch that and kind of get a, a sort of fast track through that process. It's, telling us what's going to shape him and what he knows of his future. That being said, uh, it's a it's a good call out Nate to say that the moments that he watched were with his family. And yes. I think at the point in 2012 in the attack on New York, he was very broken from his family. He was very distant from his family. So I think there was some great reconciliation and some some sort of humbleness to him realize that he repaired those relationships with with his family and, and actually probably had a better life than where he currently is like it gave him that window to know that there's more and i think it it actually sort of reveals to us as the audience like what's actually important to him because you could imagine right like him seeing the the death of his mother obviously is what sparked this but like i don't know arrogant loki like i would expect him to be like trying to tune into all his like glorious victories that he's ever had in his time which aren't very many um but like the fact that he no he he didn't he tuned into those exact moments just shows that yeah family's actually important to this guy no matter how arrogant we might think he is and and you know what i this watching him watch that and and react i got goosebumps and it made me want to watch all the other Thor movies again. So, Kevin, I know you're already going through it. So I'm kind of jealous. And now I need to maybe start my rewatch um, because at least of the Thor movies, um, which is crazy because I never thought I'd ever want to watch Thor The Dark World again. But um, but no, I'm uh, I'm very excited to go in with a, a fresh new perspective. Well, and I, and I mentioned it earlier about how this guy's having just the longest day of all <laughs> yeah, time. Holy crap. And so now to sort of bookend this incredibly exhausting long day, he had seven years worth of pain and anguish combined into like 30 seconds for him like that oh, you know what a what a rough yeah. what a rough time he must just be having as a as a character i can't remember the line that he says uh, i should have written it down but when mobius comes in and and confronts loki and you know he's just watched his own death and he's sitting there kind of defeated you know, he asks the question, you know, what is this place? And he realizes that the magic of the Tesseract will not work. He summarizes himself, and it was a repeat line uh, that, that was from earlier in the episode, uh, uh, basically to call out the fact that, you know, his tough exterior is an illusion uh, yeah. brought on by his own weakness. And and I thought that was such a, that's what Mobius was hoping to get. And, and through this, you know, advancement in his in learning his future he was able to get to that and and understand and uh you know we kind of we're, we're left here with with a, a loki that is a little defeated and, and outside of his element he doesn't know 
what is really going on. Listen, we got to wrap up this this uh, watch club. We're getting near the end here, but I just I just love how we're already getting so deep into the character of Loki. It's literally been one episode. Like, uh, you know, it might have been a long day for him, but like we've gotten so much out of it. This is this is effectively a reset. Like, while while this was a history lesson for him and us revisiting at the end of this episode, it is a reset on Loki. Right. Like he's the way we see him. So it's it's going to be exciting. I'm stoked. I'm stoked, guys. uh, Let's get to, you know, kind of our final thoughts and uh, and and review score uh, for this first episode of the series, uh, which we're going to be ranking on a scale of one to five paperweights slash infinity stones. Uh, Kevin, we'll start with you. Um, Yeah, I hate to. Uh, repeat myself. It's like somebody's using a time turner on me and I'm just going <laughs> yeah, back exactly. and saying the same thing. But for something yeah. that I was, you know, I've been looking forward to all year, Justin, you said it, it was probably right near the top of things you were looking forward to seeing in 2021. And for it to live up to the, the, the hype and the expectations and just have me so excited to see where everything's going to go. And, and obviously Loki is a standout character from the MCU. And so it's amazing to see him sort of get this, chance to shine on his own it probably wouldn't have worked as a movie and so again this tv platform that they've created for themselves just gives this wonderful opportunity to explore some of these characters who maybe wouldn't warrant a movie of their own but still deserve attention and an exploration that goes deeper than what we've gotten already and so to see tom hiddleston jump right back in he hasn't missed a beat this character is so connected to him um and the relationship that he already formed with Owen Wilson through one episode, I'm so excited to see where that's going to go with these two, you know, uh, as they go on their buddy cop adventure to stop a variant of Loki himself. I mean, that's what a what a way to end an episode and, and get you really sort of excited to, to see where it all goes. So, um, I mean, I can't give it a perfect score yet just because that doesn't leave me anywhere to go for future episodes but i'm pretty darn close i'm going to give this one a 4.9 out of five paperweights 4.9 out of five paperweights slash infinity stones it was my favorite episode of the uh disney plus uh regime uh the show is just uh, amazing i'm so excited to see where it's going to go Regime. Very cool. I love regime. That's a great the regime. regime. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. The, the Disney, Disney Plus era. There you go. There you go. There you go. That's good. <laughs> Justin. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm with Kevin. It's like I feel like because we've done the preview, we've we've done social media reactions. It's like I'm I'm basically constantly repeating the same stuff. And you know, this episode knocks it out of the park with really setting up everything it needs to to really kind of effectively reset Loki while also reminding us where this character has come from. Introduce some really new elements uh, that are. You know, as, as Kevin, you were saying in the preview show, and I, I, you might have mentioned down here, is that they're going to have big effects to the MCU in, in this phase four and really establishing that. Um, you know, again, I can't say enough about the the, the, the look and the tone, the 70s vibe, that the technology, everything about it was just was just so well represented. Huge shout out, though, to to the writer, uh, Michael Waldron and, and the director, Kate Heron, for for really kind of knowing what the first episode needed to do and representing that really, really, really well. Um, and, and just again, knocking it out of the park and mixing so many things into one pot just to, to create this. Uh, and for that, I am going to give this a five 
paperweight slash infinity stones out of five um it it was it was top notch it was everything i wanted it to be okay um yeah i am going to use a time twister and just repeat all of that stuff uh just (laughs) just just cut in what you guys said and then just repeat it again no uh what a fantastic way to start this story um there's a line in the show where mobius in this episode says to loki don't worry you'll catch up and that's exactly what this episode was and 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 you know did for the character and um you know there's a lot of exposition but but like many of the marvel projects that have come before this didn't feel overbearing or mm-hmm. heavy-handed um it was the right amount of of exposition and it, it honestly the show was so excellent or this episode was so excellently paced um getting right into uh the tva within like three minutes as we called out uh tom hiddleston is perfect as loki i can't say more than, than that uh you know it, it 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 serves as a great way to you know kind of get back to that character but also introduce mobius and the tva uh in a way that that was magical but also intriguing and believable uh if you will like at the same time um and you know the stones for these writers you know the stones on these writers no pun intended uh to challenge the mythology of everything we understood of the MCU so far yes, yeah. and flip it on its head yeah. is fantastic like that takes a lot of guts to to kind of say like you know these these things that are so important that we've been following for 23 movies don't matter it's just it's so cool um i really enjoyed this first episode and after seeing it three times already uh i'm gonna give it five out of five paperweight slash infinity stone i i loved it i could maybe it's just because i'm overhyped and it's like this whole experience of, of getting to do this <laughs> yeah, but yeah. <laughs> i listen i'm telling no, you no bias, right now no bias. i think it's, i would have been it's incredible if we have if i'd watched it on the day that it came out i would have been losing my mind as well just because yeah. like everything about this is is just like I think one of you guys said it. Like, how does Marvel do this? You know, they they hire the right people that are going to take it in the direction. And to your point, Nate, have have the balls to take yeah. what's already been done and challenge it and and flip it and and say this because I, I can imagine if if I was Kevin Feige and I'm reading this and I get to the part where the Infinity Stones don't matter, I'd be like, oh, yeah, let's do this, right? Like, this is a good <laughs> so reset. So good. Right? Hold my beer again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. right? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Well, and and not to toot our own horn one more time, but uh, I'm so glad we got to to watch the second episode because like they left that that first episode. The, the episode ends on such a cliffhanger that the thought of having to wait, um, you know, a whole week to to find out where it goes next would be uh, agony. So good for us. Yeah, yeah good for <laughs> yeah, exactly. And again, I I, th- I said this during our preview, but like. This is probably for our listeners. This is probably the one time that we'll ever get our, in our lives to get to do this as professionals. Um, so we're going to be a little unprofessional and uh, and brag about it to our our friends and family. Um, but listen, um, usually on Watch Club, we like to kind of end by giving our our thoughts on what we might see next in the series. But you know, as Kevin, as you pointed out, we were fortunate enough to be given the ability to watch two episodes early. Thank you, Disney. Uh, we are going to hold off for our predictions uh, until next week's episode. And I can't wait to dive deep into all of it with all of you. Uh, But I can reveal one thing. And that's the name of our prediction segment for this Watch Club series. Uh, So for our previous Watch Clubs, you know, we've had what's the vision or we've had what the Falcon is going to happen. And so for this one, we're going with, can I get your low-key perspective on what's next. <laughs> Does that work? Yeah, it's a little long. It's a little long, <laughs> no, but I think, it, I think it works. And it's, you know, it's even 
low key perspective. And I think I think even uh, Mobius says at some point, like, I need your low key perspective. So um, very cool. Well, that is it. We hope you enjoyed this week's time twisted episode of Watch Club. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts if you haven't already. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts on this episode or your predictions for the series, well, you don't have to start a multiversal war between countless unique timelines and then restore it into a single timeline known as the sacred timeline. Instead, (laughs) Justin, can you let our listeners know where and when they can write into the show? Well, when is whenever? It could be now, could be tomorrow, could be next week. Could be, you it could decide be a year ago. when. But where is wearegeekcentric at gmail.com? That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. All right. And also, if you don't know, we have more than just Watch Club. We also have our regular episodes of the Geek Centric podcast, uh, you know, kind of coming out on a regular basis. So make sure you subscribe. You can listen to us talk about all sorts of different things like the news or other movie reviews or, you know, sometimes just what we're watching. Uh, So definitely go give that uh, a listen uh, and please give it a nice five star rating. Only the best for us, you know, demigods. Anyways, Justin, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me for today's Watch Club. And as we say, for all time, always. always.